listening to First Church Charlotte. God bless you as you return to your seats. It is awesome to see you all in the house of the Lord. And we have such a young church that when they leave, it feels like the death angel has come through. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. We had a couple of our beautiful teenage girls here on the front row, and they were whispering, and for some reason this morning, I could hear everything they were saying. A lot of Sundays I can blur out, and they, they were just, pss, 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 pss. and I thought it would be funny, and so I called them out. I was like, I called them out, and they were just stricken. They were They were stricken. And I tried to, you know, I tried to fix it. I tried to fix it. I picked on the pastoral staff later. They talk all the time. They, they, they just need Jesus over there. These poor little cute girls on the front row. And I, and I, I thought it would be, I don't know. And so I come in church over here and I'm like, happy to see everyone. And one of them meet me back here and she's just sobbing. And she just wraps her arms and she's I'm so sorry. I don't ever want to do anything wrong. <laughs> Yo, I'm the devil. <laughs> Pastor Don encouraged me. He said, at that age, they don't break, so. They cry, though, and it makes me cry. (laughs) I said, please stop crying. I've got to preach, and you're going to get me all snotty. (laughs) If you haven't made Easter plans, we would love to host you here to celebrate Resurrection Day. We would love to meet you. We would love to uh, celebrate with you Uh, Easter or Resurrection Day, my favorite title. Uh, It's really the whole story in one day. It's the whole story of grace, the whole story of hope placed into one day. We'd love to celebrate with you. Can I have a big amen? Amen. All right. So uh, I'm gone next Sunday. I'm preaching for uh, the Whites down in Myrtle Beach, BOC Church. And uh, we've been closely connected with him for many, many years. And I have never preached for him. And he recently pointed that out. And uh, I felt terrible about that too. And so we have uh, Pastor Luther Sanchez preaching for us this coming weekend. He is a fantastic preacher. He's anointed. And you are going to have wonderful services here. Uh, it's going, he's going to be preaching all three services. We actually have more than three services. Uh, we have a bunch of services. But he is going to be preaching three services, uh, 9 and 11 here and 2 p.m. Uh, at our Concord uh, Sister Congregation, uh, C3 at the end of uh, Reuben. Linker Road, right between the racetrack and Concord Mills. And so uh, that, by the way, if any of you want to slip in over there at two o'clock, a bunch of our, a bunch of you already have, you're welcome to do so and see what's going on over there. Um, it is, they're great people and it's good for us to get to know one another. That's at two o'clock. Um, he, uh, Luther Sanchez, decided he wanted to go through the existential experience of preaching three services on Sunday. Um, and considering you know, I do it every Sunday. I figured at least he would, you know, step up and do it one Sunday. So. <laughs> Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number three. Will anybody kind of shake off all of the fun we've had here and let's focus our minds on the word of God now? 
this is what we're here for. We've had a tremendous day. We had uh, altar service in the middle of the 9 a.m. service, had a young man come down uh, to receive the Holy Ghost. We prayed with him here in the altar. And, um, it's always exciting when someone just steps forward. They just step forward. You don't have to try to talk them into it. And so he is, um, he is in connected with uh, Pastor Cameron, our student pastor. And so he is in good hands there. Isaiah 9, verse number 3, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. Anyone want their joy increased? You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. Now notice this phrase. I'm going to steal this phrase from the scripture, okay? As with joy at the harvest. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. All right, so my phrase is as with joy at the harvest. Lord, speak to us today. Speak to us today. Help me to communicate spiritual principles. Help me to, in some way, convey the utterances of your spirit into this moment of our life, that we would grow from it and be changed. Lord, I pray you would save us from the vanity that would keep us from being vulnerable before you right now. I pray you would keep us from the vanity that would keep us, even though we're moved in our spirit from uh, having a uh, moment of, of emotional uh, calling upon you and breaking in your presence, Lord. Uh, let this be a spiritually safe place here where people can pour their heart out like a drink offering before you in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. And let some church people say amen. amen. If there's one metaphor uh, that you need to understand for spiritual maturity, now there's other metaphors in the scripture, uh, so much of what we do is based off of a spiritual symbol or metaphor, like for example, being baptized, it is a metaphor of God washing our sins away, but it is an act, a public statement we make to be both washed of our sins and adopted, given his name, and somebody who's been baptized say amen loudly. So that is a sign. It's not that the preacher is especially anointed in that moment. It's not that the water is holy. It is the act of submission, the sign. That's an important metaphor for your growth in this realization that God is my Savior. He is my hope. If I make it, it's going to be because he made a way. If I have victory, it's going to be because he imparted to me the victory through Jesus Christ. Um, so you understand the importance of a spiritual symbol or a metaphor. Um, one of the metaphors you need to understand, let me say it this way, one of the symbols you need to understand if you care at all about maturing in your faith, maturing in your calling and your anointing, uh, not just having an emotional moment or uh, intentional decision, but to mature in your walk if you care about becoming not just experiencing. Uh, you need to understand the principle of the harvest. Uh, it is one of the most off-used principles, off-used metaphors in all the scripture to teach people the importance of choosing God's way, choosing the way of purpose, of blessing, of anointing, not 
just in some way accepting the flow of your carnal tendencies, but choosing against it and say, I choose God's way. The principle of the harvest matters. Let me read Galatians 6, verse number 7. Uh, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. You need to wrap your brain around the idea of a harvest. And let the lessons, the law of the harvest come to fruition in your life that you might be more than just an observer of the kingdom of God, but that you might be a soldier in the army of the Lord. You might go from just watching to go to acting. You might go from feelings to actions because it's the actions that matter. That's why the book of Acts is not called the book of feelings. That's why the book of Acts is not called the book of emotions. It's not called the book of intentions. It's not called the book of plans. It's not called the book of wishes and wants and hopes. It's called the book of Acts. What did they do? Elbow your neighbor and say, you got to do something. That's how you get in the book. Okay, moving along. The first law, so I'm going to start by trying to impart some, some principles here, and then uh, we'll try to wrap it all up, and hopefully I'll do a good job. If not, maybe you'll give me a chance a week from Sunday. Um, law number one, this is the basic law. All of you can quote it, but you need to do more than say this. You need to feel this, and the inverse is true. You need to do more than feel this. You need to know this, okay? What you sow, you will reap. Uh, There is not uh, really a way around this except for law number three we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. And can someone say yes? Ephesians 5, 15. uh, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And since this is the church in Ephesus, and we know different churches have different problems, he throws in for their reading pleasure, and do not get drunk with wine. That's dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. And again I say, Amen. Be careful how you walk. Um, you are uh, planting seeds. Uh, like begets like. This is a principle uh, shown to us from Genesis 1 in creation all the way through uh, the New Testament epistles where we see it in regeneration. Uh, like begetting like. Verse 24, chapter 1, Genesis. Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind. After their kind. Cattle and creepy things and beasts of the earth after their kind and it was so this is one of the laws of the harvest this is a principle a necessary understanding 
What was the critique that God made or Jesus made of the Pharisees? He said this, leave them alone. This We talk, preached about this last week. Leave them alone. The blind lead the blind and they both fall in the ditch. Like begets like. Yes. They'll move heaven and earth to create one disciple and when they do, he's twice the son of hell they are. I didn't say that. That's really ugly. Jesus said that. Like begets like. Now let's bring it home. If I live my life with a bitter spirit, the people who look to me for leadership are going to inherit a bitterness from me. If I live my life with prayerlessness, the people who look to me are going to inherit a habit of prayerlessness from me. If I go around a wound looking for a knife, my children, my both spiritual and physical children, will come of age with the habit of self-pity. Like begets like. All of us parents should think about showing our kids things rather than just telling them things. I'm not being ugly. I have kids that need Jesus too. Not as much as their mama, but they need Jesus. I'm not being ugly. I'm challenging me. It starts here. I hit you by accident. If I want my kids to value church, I have to value church. If I want my kids to pray, they have to see and hear me pray. If my, I want my kids to speak faith, I have to be in the habit of doing what? In the face of fear, I speak faith. They need to hear me say, it's going to be all right. They need to hear me say, I command you, Satan, by the name of the Lord, to pick up your weapons and flee. If I want them to be a worshiper, they need to see me with my hands in the air. Y'all who are mad at me now, I still love you. I haven't changed, but I had to, I, I just had to say that, you know, preachers do that. So uh, what's the second law of the harvest? The second law is this. You always reap in a different season than you sow. Now this is huge. This is huge because we forget this. We start something. If we don't meet instant success, we get discouraged. We quit. We never got it. We never gave the crops a chance to grow. The result of quitting before the harvest is done is that someone else harvests whatever remains of your half-tended crop. You never reap in the season you sow. Genesis 8:22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Ain't the same season. Cold and heat, not the same season. Summer, winter, not the same season. Day and night, not the same turn of the sun or the earth, I should say. The harvest doesn't follow immediately. It follows, but just you need to be faithful for a good while before you need to ask yourselves if you're fruitful. If you expect the first thing you do to be a success, I don't know what world you grew up in. But you crawl before you walk. And if you quit crawling, guess what? You have bad balance the rest of your life. Don't have time to preach that. I'm just going to leave it out there as confusion for the unwary. Are you ready for this? Um, so uh, the idea of this is I want, as a servant of the Lord, to be what? Faithful. Yes, faithful. It is required that a steward be found what? Faithful. Somebody say it better than that. Faithful. 
Elbow your neighbor, say, you need to be faithful. That's right. Praise God. Why is that so important? Because if I won't be faithful, I'll never get to see if there's a chance I could be fruitful. Is that fair? Is that fair? I'm not being ugly. I love you. Okay? Here, here's what I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to see. If we try something and it's not an overnight success, that's not a sign of failure. The minimum is faithfulness. That's just the minimum to be a steward. But that's not the goal. The goal is fruitfulness. Here, I'm going to give you a talent. See what you can do with it. You got so much talent. You're smart. You got money in the bank. You're good looking. I give you a talent. What can you do with it? Who can I pick on over here? Got money in the bank. You're smart. You're talented. I'm going to invest two talents in you. No offense. And I'm going to see if you could double it. Who can I pick on over here? Oh, there ain't nobody good looking on the front rows over here. Let me see if I can get some more buddy on the, 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 the other rows. So let's get some of these kids involved. See, oh, we're glad to have my sister. We have a lot of visitors here today. All the way down from cold country. Holy moly. Got money in the bank. Got a private jet on the airfield. Got talent. They're flying you around the world to preach conferences everywhere. I'm going to give you another talent. I want to see what you can do with it. Who else can I pick on? I got someone else to pick on. I saw Sister Priscilla come in uh, here earlier. My sister, I want to tell you this. You got money in the bank. You're good looking. You got private jets waiting in the wind. Your yacht is ready for you to go visit on it. I believe in you. I'm going to invest five talents in you. I want to see what you can do with it. The minimum is faithfulness. The goal is fruitfulness. So if you start a Bible study and then get discouraged and quit on the fourth lesson, you never gave yourself a chance to be fruitful because you failed at faithful. Does that make sense? Uh, So it is at, um, this doesn't preclude the seasons and the changes of our life. God does change and move us around. Let's not be simplistic about this. But as a principle of uh, the harvest, this is absolutely uh, essential for us to understand. If I can be faithful, there is a chance with God's blessing as he pushes it down and compresses it and shakes it and puts, it might just be that the proportion of the fruitfulness is in excess of the proportion of the faithfulness. If you'll be faithful over a few things, I will make you uh, the ruler over many things. There is a proportionality that is beyond expectation in the law of the harvest, but I must persevere. Somebody say it with me. I must persevere. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. It might be a long summer. The ground might be hard and difficult to plow. I might be short of seed and have to make it as last as long as I can. But let me tell you, if I won't give up, harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. And if I will be faithful, there's a chance I'll have joy. (laughs) 
Um, and so uh, we're going to get to law number three here before I get into law number three, I want to explain this to all of you. And I hope you, I hope you, you, you can, and in some way, not just, as I say, just kind of nod your head, but let it kind of sink into, uh, to your considerations on the kind of life, uh, that you want to live. Um, and, uh, it's going to go like this. Um, it is natural for you to sow to the flesh. It takes intention and effort for you to sow to the spirit. Evil has its own harvest. You don't have to try. Why? The heart is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. You don't have to try to have a bad attitude. It's buy one, get nine free. And you can test this today, on some, just throughout the day. Just give a bad attitude and see if nine people don't give you a bad one back. Um, you, 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 you must see this, this principle. I have to choose to walk a certain path to be of the house of God. I have to choose to live my life with a certain uh, value structure in order to sow to the spirit. I must be, watch, I must be transformed if I am going to bring forth a spiritual harvest. To bring forth a carnal harvest takes no work. Evil has its own harvest. I have to strive to be a part of the kingdom of God. So let me say it like this. Um, All of us are fruitful. The question is, are we producing the fruit that God is looking for? All of us are sowing every day. The question is, are we producing the fruit that God, heaven, the kingdom is looking for? Am I becoming the type of vessel that can be honorably used by God? Do do you see? And so I don't have to try to sow seeds of evil. All I have to do is let someone cut me off in traffic. I mean, it's just like there, like bada bing, bada boom. We are ready to go. Um, you understand. Don't act like you're holy. I see through you. I see you. Uh, someone, you hear someone said something about you. You are ready to go to the mattresses at the, as the mob guys used to do. You are ready to rock and roll. You're full auto Freddy just that quick. Turn the other cheek. Oh, that's for religious people. Actually, that's for Jesus followers. And it's stinking hard because it goes against my natural desires. Evil has its own harvest. I have to choose to plant seeds of the kingdom of God that I might have a spiritual harvest in my life. And so if you choose to change the seeds you're planting, God does something more for you than just give you um, his fields to work in. Remember, if you plant your own seeds, you're working in his fields, but he has given you an opportunity to plant his seeds and then you work in his fields. This is the great call upon all of you who've served the Lord for more than a minute to not simply have a form of godliness that is enough to satisfy your sense of religiosity without being missional. That is a form of godliness where you have kind of a a, a system in place where you get to be the good guys, everybody else is the bad guys, but you don't actually have to be missional. 
I want to challenge all of you who have served the Lord for more than a minute. You are full of seeds. I'll never forget a, 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 a vision my mom had in prayer when I was a little child, and she testified to the whole church about it. Uh, my mom took after me, and she's very spiritual and has visions and stuff like that. Um, I was a little child, and she stood up to testify one day. I don't even know if you remember this, but she testified, and in this, this dream she had had, she saw people from the church, and every time she saw them, it was like she could see into them, and they were full of seeds, like the seeds you would plant. They were full of seeds. And she said, I'm here to just remind all of you, you're full of seeds. Don't let the seed stay inside of you. Get it out of you. Get the seed out of you. If you choose to do that and you've served the Lord, if, if you're on the very beginning of your, your ministry, don't or ministry, let me say it differently. If you're on the very beginning of your spiritual journey, you need to make sure your repentance is right. Can I have a big church? Amen. You don't need to rush through a pen, repentance. This ain't a race like that. It's a different kind of race. Spend some time getting your heart right. We're not rushing you through it. We're not trying to count coup on you. We're not trying to brag about you coming to God. You work repentance. After you've done that, I want you to be adopted into the family. How's that going to happen? You're going to take on the name of Jesus. And then I want you to have a sign of God's power and anointing upon you. I want you to have it. It won't be my sign. It'll be yours. We call that the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, but after you've served God for a few minutes, okay, I need you to start thinking about what am I doing? Am I a Jesus follower or am I a label? Am I striving to look at my world and say, how do I plant seeds? Because if your religion is satisfied with a religious form, but has no mission to it, you might be following Jesus, but I don't see a cross on your back because the cross is missional purpose. My life for yours, my time for your soul, my efforts for your uh, future. Do you see? All right. So if you've been serving the Lord long enough to think about these things, I want you to think about being a worker in the harvest of the Lord. Quit worrying about your fields and start working on God's fields. Because if you'll make his fields your concern, he will give you the desires of your heart. The Lord of the harvest is Lord over all the harvest. And the only way to get out of the principle of what you sow, you will surely reap, is to go to the Lord of the harvest and repent of your sins, turn from your ways of the flesh, and in some way let the Lord of the harvest change your spiritual future through grace. You haven't been planting the right seed, but through Jesus, you're going to work in his fields. You haven't done all the right things, but through mercy, you're going to be adopted into the fields of the Lord. The third principle of the harvest is this. The Lord of the harvest can change your harvest. He'll take your sorrow and he will give you joy. He will take your bitter crop of sin and give you a bountiful crop of grace. He will take all of your mistakes and turn them into testimony. The Lord of the harvest does all things well. I wish someone would give him some praise in this house right now. I want to say thank you for mercy in my life, oh God. I want to praise you today for goodness. The Lord of the harvest can change your harvest. That is the story of grace. That is the doctrine and the hope of grace. 
that we, dead in trespasses and sins, are going to be through the power of the Spirit and the victory of Jesus Christ made alive with new life. This is the gospel lived in testimony. This is the gospel lived in testimony. Through him, my old habits are under the blood and I have a chance to move from only sowing to the flesh and of the flesh reaping death. I am going to change and I'm going to sow to the spirit. How do I get started? I want to talk about two ways that are both uh, related by the power of your tongue. I want you to remember this. I've I preached this recently. I'm going to try not to re-preach it. Creation begins with word. It does not begin with plan. It begins with word. This was always in the plan of God, but nothing happened until he spoke. Creation begins with word. So by the words of your mouth, do you identify with the kingdoms that are in contest? By the words of your mouth, you bless and... I didn't hear any agreement from this side. Don't, are y'all cussing me? What's going on now? Don't be cussing me. I'm sweet. By the words of your mouth, I bless and curse. I don't know if I have much power to bless others or curse others, but I deeply, deeply, deeply know my mouth can bless or curse everything in my life. So if you are going to have an ability to work in the fields of the Lord, you have to stop being primarily focused on self. Now, I'm just going to say it. I I don't mean to be ugly, but you're going to have to stop with uh, what I got from service, what I wanted from service, what my needs are, who was mean to me, who didn't see me, who didn't give me a piece of bubble gum. They gave Pastor Don a piece of bubble gum. Don's breath was worse than mine. I needed a piece of bubble gum, but nobody gave. You're going to have to stop. Now, that's natural to the flesh, but you're going to have to stop. Not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. You have work to do in the beginning, but as you strive to spiritually become, you're going to have to do what? Lift up your eyes, say it with me, to the fields and see that they are white and ready for harvest. Let it start right here, oh God. You're going to have to start caring about other people. In fact, the whole structure of Old Testament New comes down to this compressed idea. You've got to have this vertical commitment, focus, and you've got to have this horizontal commitment and focus. And by getting this right, I get this right. By having peace with God, I can have peace with my neighbor. By having strength in the Lord, I can have confidence with the world. Oh, this forms a cross, but we don't have time for that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor. Your neighbor. All your heart, mind, soul, strength, and your neighbor. At some point, you're going to have to start caring about the fields of the Lord and not the exaltation, preference, blessing of self. But in this kingdom, because it's a, if you want to have You have to give. In this kingdom, the way to take care of yourself is to lift your eyes to others. In this kingdom, the way to have what you need is to care about what the person beside you on the pew has. 
And it might be that your blessing is right behind your ability to reach over to your brother and say, bless my brother, oh God. I pray you would open the windows of heaven in his life. I pray you to give him favor and protection, not just finances. Finances can be their own trial, but everything he or she needs to be fully spiritually nourished and Holy Ghost becoming. You had to think about that, didn't you? It's a deal. It's a deal. And so I'm almost done, musicians. You can come and remind me that I'm almost done by playing softly behind me. Uh, You have to care about the field. And secondly, you have to care about what you're saying. Because it's going to take time for you to get smooth with inviting people to take a next step in their faith. That's actually, believe it or not, a skill we get better with. Now, if you're not trying, you won't get better. You have to try to get better. And if you won't invite, you won't get more comfortable inviting. And if you won't, if you don't do a small group, you won't get better at hosting a small group. <laughs> and if you won't support someone else hosting one, you'll never learn how you might could host one. If you don't encourage, you're not gonna get better. At, okay, now, how does all this happen? With the fruit of our words, we plant seeds with the mouth. We curse or bless. It's not what goes in that defiles. It's what comes. Um, So I have had, in the last five years, I've had uh, some several unique opportunities with other leadership level people, pastor level people um, who had gone through some quite painful things. And for one reason or another, because of circumstances, they either knew me or got to know me and reached out to me to talk to me. And uh, almost always, and there's been multiple leads, it would go like some version of this. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Devastated. Don't know what to do. Don't know what the next step is. Hurting down here. That's always the beginning. And so after the listening phase, Um, comes this encouragement that I always give. And how do I know to give it? Because it was given to me by my elders, okay? It didn't start with me. I didn't figure it out. If anybody tells you it started with them, you should be suspect. Ain't nothing new under the sun. (laughs) That's why I don't feel guilty about stealing people's messages. Didn't start with them. (laughs) You see what I did there? You see, you like that, don't you? I just blessed, I just blessed Anthony. He's ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall right now. That's right. Been doing it for years. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's all right. You might do them better than me. Um, What was I preaching about before I got sidetracked? Oh, hurt, blah, blah, blah. I listen, I listen, I listen. And these conversations go online. And there come almost always comes a moment where I give them a gift that was given to me by my elders, various ones, mentors in my life who I tell what happened, I tell what was said. They didn't know I was there, but I heard every word that was said, I tell them. They don't think I know, but I know. And then they lied to my faith. There comes a point where I was given this gift by elders, and it goes like this. My brother, I'm not sure that you've forgiven them. Oh, oh yeah, I have forgiven them. No, 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 I'm not sure you've forgiven them. Oh, but I have forgiven blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not, no, no. No. Well, why do you say that? Well, you're still talking about it. You're still celebrating the pain. 
You're still stripping the bandage off and saying, look how much that hurt. There comes a point where you need to cover it and need to quit talking about it. And need to let it heal. Because your words are planting seeds everywhere you go. And the people in your life who are hearing you rip that off and celebrate it are going to end up with a bitterness that is not proportional to your bitterness. It's greater than your bitterness. Because you planted a harvest. I want you to get out of working in your fields and I want you to get to working in the fields of the Lord. Why? why, Let me end with this. I I need to quit. There's too much here. Uh, Why would forgiveness be so consistently uh, related to uh, our ability to receive and our ability to give? Can you stop on the guitar, brother? Thank you much. Sorry, it's disturbing me. Uh, I'm having uh, uh, distractions today. Um, Why would my ability to be forgiven be related to my ability to forgive? Is it because God is keeping track and he's not willing to forgive? Um, I, I mean, you might could try to make that argument. I know some preachers have. I've heard it. I heard a guy last week talking. He spent an hour talking about how God does not offer unconvention, un, unconditional love. And, and I was like with him as long as we were quoting the Old Testament. But once you get to the, Old, the New Testament, it's a new and better way. And it changes. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. I mean, while you were still doing it, he died for you. I mean, when you were going to do it but hadn't even done it yet, he still died for you. Gets more complicated in this new and better way. Is it because God won't forgive? Or is it because forgiveness is a harvest that I live? Not just an act that I do. It might be that harvest is something I live. And the point isn't whether or not God forgives me, although he, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. The point is I have to live this thing. I want to live my life. So when the harvest comes, I have joy at the harvest. I know I can live my way where at the harvest there's tears running down my face. I don't want to live that way. I want to live. So when the harvest comes, there's joy at the harvest. Stand with me all across the house. Lift your hands. Oh, Lord Jesus. We call upon you today. Oh, Lord Jesus, we magnify you today. I pray for every heart that's in this house. I want to do something a little different today. Lord, I want to represent those of us who've been serving you for a minute. I want to speak for all the strong here today. I'm, I'm very, I, Lord, you know how often I, I lead repentance for people who are beginning a walk of faith. I, I, I probably should lead repentance more for those of us who've been around for more than a minute. So I want to lead a repentance service right now for all of us who've been around here for a little while. Lord, we repent for every time when we've planted seeds of doubt, when you were looking for strong believers to speak faith. We repent of that here. I repent every time 
I have voiced fear when you were setting me up for a testimony of grace. I repent for the seeds of doubt and fear. I repent, Lord. And I'm asking you as the Lord of my harvest, I'm asking you to take me out of planting my own fields and place me in the fields of the Lord that I might change the crop that is growing in my life, that I might change the crop that is coming uh, in my life oh lord jesus i'm praying today i'm calling upon you oh god i'm praying for all i'm praying leading all the pastoral staff here i'm praying i'm leading all the strong believers here people that have been serving god for 20 30 40 years we're sitting here in your midst and we are saying god we repent for the seed of fear and doubt that we plant with our mouth and instead we are asking you to let faith speak through us today in Jesus name let anointing speak through us today in Jesus name let the power of the Holy Ghost thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte if this podcast has blessed you please rate it with four or five stars by doing so you will help others find our free podcast and bless them If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.